The Daily Talk Show, episode 796. That was great, Mr. Nice. Well done. And we've also got a guest here, Matt Garrick, who's on the latest revamp of Big Brother. Welcome, mate. Thank you so much for having me, fellas. It's uh, it's a pleasure. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> mate, well, I, you know, you were expecting Josh, but um, Josh has had a COVID test, so he's on that lockdown, mm. that self-isolation. Uh Mate, you went into the Big Brother house and was coronavirus even a thing? Uh, when we, I think the last news report that I, that I saw, there was about 30 cases in Australia. Um, so it hadn't really hit our shores yet. It was more just all about Wuhan and, and China and then come out and it's just gone bananas. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Dude, and so I can imagine because st- uh, we look at sort of January, February this year. Like I had my son's three third birthday, and we had seventy people at our house, which seems fucking outrageous mm. now. And I was chatting to a guy who had been in China. We we're talking about the virus, but it di- I didn't feel like it had the impact um, when you f- when you found out in the house because there was that moment that you were all told. What was going through your head? Oh, I just. We, I, when I went in, I didn't think it was going to obviously get to the levels that it's got to out here. And then when we get told that, you know, uh, both football codes have been cancelled, there's no Olympics, people are fighting over toilet paper, it was just like, what the hell is going on out there, man? Like, it, this is this is not Australia. Like, what are, what are we doing? And then leaving the house, just, you know, coming out into a, basically a zombie apocalypse was just one of the craziest experiences I've ever had. Yeah, I, I, I feel like... Um there would have been some people in there that were like, "You're, you're, you're talking shit, right, Big Brother? Like this is your, this is a bit of it's all shtick. part of it. Yeah. It's all a part of the game." Did was there that vibe? Oh, hundred percent. So they sort of uh, they gave us a couple of little updates just because it was escalated. No, it's out to a hundred cases, and it was three hundred. And then within a couple of days, that's when they did a big, you know, announcement that you know shit's getting real. So the first couple, it was just like, "Oh, they're just trying to wind us up a bit more," you know, and then. When they actually explained the enormity of it, it was like far out. Like this is this is actually real. This is not part of the game anymore. Yeah. So, mate, you're out in uh, God's Garden, uh, Broken Hill. <laughs> yeah, not not many people know, but Queensland pinch the same from us boys. Beautiful one day, perfect the next. So that, that's yeah. that's ours. <laughs> uh, Mister Nine Seven, do you know where uh, Broken Hill is? No, never heard of it. <laughs> it's you just north of Melbourne. No. <laughs> north of Melbourne. It's north yeah. of Melbourne, about nine hours. <laughs> and so you're you're back home at the moment. Uh, Wednesday night, the grand final. So when we know who who's winning, what's it been like being back at home? I mean, small town. How many people live in Broken Hill? Uh, it's about eighteen thousand now. So yeah. it's sort of it's it's everyone knows everyone, but it's big enough to sort of have some of your of your own space, yeah. but. Um, yeah, it's been great getting back out here. Uh, since the show's been to air, the, the town's been so supportive and all, all really getting behind. 64-year-old bloke abused me at the coffee shop because he sits down <laughs> to watch Big Brother Big Brother every night, which he said he'd never do. So uh, everyone's been really good. I mean, 18,000 people seems like a lot, but then I thought your Instagram account has 20,000 people. So you've got more people following you on Instagram than you do in the town that you live in. Which is- <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but... Been, been uh, Insta-famous is like being rich Monopoly, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that, that's relatable chat for, for Josh. He loves a bit of Monopoly. M- Monopoly. Yeah. Mace, um, oh, I'm rubbish at it. <laughs> dude, I, I wouldn't even know the rules to start with. I'd just be <laughs> trying to steal mate, shit. Um, Sev's like, <laughs> so Mr. 97 has 
He's had a lot of firsts in his life. Mm. Could you even imagine going into the Big Brother house? Oh, it'd be pretty crazy. I mean, it's like uh, you're meeting everyone for the first time, and it's a and that's pretty a nightmare. Yeah, no, that's strangers. Big nightmare. <laughs> what's what? What's sort of the the experience going in, not knowing people, and being sort of put in a bit of a pressure cooker? Uh, night night one, I was just so unsure what to what to actually expect, and I'm normally pretty good in in social situations. And a lot of the times, I'm sort of uh, one of the bigger voices or personalities in the room. And then I walk in with 11 other people who are also that in their everyday life. And it was just like, there was a moment they didn't show it, but everyone was just going crazy. And Xavier and I sort of took a step back and we're like, shit, I don't know if this is us. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was just, um, yeah, just an explosion of energy and personalities and, and every single um, sense and feeling was just heightened for the whole time I was in there. It was just, you can't, you couldn't replicate it in real life. What have you learned about building rapport, friendship, and trust since being in the Big Brother house. Oh, gee, in a in a game like that, you, I don't know if there is such a thing as trust. Um, but no, I just I guess I think it was about being um, open to, to other walks of life and at different views. Like uh, I've probably in in life before that of you know I'm pretty pretty solid in my views and, and outlook on life. And if people tell me otherwise, I sort of shut it down. But in there, obviously, I couldn't do that because then if you get people offside, you're in the gun all of a sudden. But I found mm. that by doing that and opening myself up, it, it sort of broadened my horizons a bit as well, I think. And I, and I like to think that I'll take a bit of that back into into real life as well. I mean, you you play footy in Broken Hill, I've heard. Uh, did, do you reckon being in a club environment, you know, around the boys or just that sort of, you know, you, you, not everyone's your mate on the team. They're friends or acquaintances. Do you, do you reckon that's a bit of priming, bit of uh, upskilling before you mm. went in the Big Brother house? Yeah, yeah, it definitely helped. And uh, also where I work at one of the mine sites out here, there's about 500 uh, people at it. And so just a range of different personalities and, and outlooks and I guess, yeah, work, footy, as you're always going to come across people that you don't get along with. But it's like, you know what, for this. Or for the sake of two hours on a Saturday afternoon playing footy, I'm going to be your friend just to make this easier for everyone. So there was a few people in there that I definitely uh, took that that view on. <laughs> well, um, growing up in Broken Hill, uh, you've you've you're, you're working in the mines. I mean, is there is there a mindset of I want to get out of this place? I mean, you've stayed there, but when you're younger, are you thinking I want to hit the big smoke, or I want to stay here and sort of build that family in this place where I've grown up? Yeah, there's sort of two schools of thought around Broken Hill. Some people uh, love it, like I'm obviously one of them because I'm I'm still here, and other people just sort of hate to join. Can't wait to get get out, get to uni, get you know, get out. It's funny. A lot of those people uh, end up coming back, so that's always humorous when they bag the joint and leave in a in a cloak, and then two years later they're back. But it's sort of one of those places. It's like anywhere, you know. It's who you surround yourself with. It's what you make it. Um, I had aspirations of being a, a physio. And uh, when I came through year 12, I wasn't smart enough to get those marks. So, chucked me out the ring for an apprenticeship, got it, and I'm still here now. So, But I've got all my family and friends out here, so I love it. Yeah, I mean, Mr. 97 hasn't left uh, <laughs> the, the suburb of yeah. Baldwin. In, uh, he's 21. Yeah. It's pretty much a 5K radius guy. Definitely. Oh. Yeah, yeah. A bit of a bubble. Um, if you've Matt, got everything a- you need there, why leave? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matt, you're a mining electrician. What do you, what do you actually do? Uh, so a lot of breakdown maintenance, preventative maintenance on a lot of industrial plant. I'm actually not underground. I'm up top in our processing plant. So 
Um, yeah, obviously the, the rocks come from underground, they send them up and then we make them into small rocks and then send them off. So, yeah, we, we're just in charge of maintaining and uh, keeping the plant running on a day-to-day basis pretty much. I mean, for me, if I was to have been in another job, so I used to be a personal trainer, but I reckon if I got on Big Brother, I'd be like so done with personal training. Be like, mate, new year, new me, fucking, I'm a celebrity. Now. <laughs> um, for you, what do you do? Are you are you throwing in the mining gig just for full time fucking Big Brother guy? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm probably just going to become a full-time influencer now, just really cash in on my good looks, <laughs> charisma. <laughs> but, no, it's sort of one of them things, uh, like I said, it's it's a good job. I like it. Uh, pays pays pretty well and it's a good roster. But if this can be a catalyst um, to sort of bridge into something else, um, I don't want to be – not that there's anything wrong with it, but I don't want to be, you know, at the, dragging my ass to that mindset when I'm 50 years old going, fuck this, I'm over there. Mm. So, um and my fiance Jess is in that film and, and media sort of space. She's nearly finished the PhD at the moment, so obviously it'd be beneficial for her to move to the to the big smoke, as you call it. So, um, yeah, if this can sort of bring something like that on, I'd definitely be open to it. Fuck, that's I mean, I love that. Um, it's yeah, it's what what a unique experience you've had. I mean, how are you feeling about the future and and what you want to do personally around your career outside of mining? Like, is there are you open now to other shit? Yeah, 100%. Like, um, like I said, the, the, the mining slash all stuff was sort of a option two or three. Um, and, yeah, now that I've sort of been opened more to the to the media and, and TV and, and that sort of industry, it's it's a pretty cool space to be in. Obviously, it's got its its bad points, as I've found out the last couple of weeks with the uh, the famous internet trolls. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of fun and, and it's something that I'm definitely interested in maybe trying to go a bit further in, but obviously uh, time will tell whether uh, people want this bald head on the screen more. Uh, Mr. 97's freshly, uh, I was going to say engaged, but <laughs> engaged. he's in a relationship. You know, Do you know about this, Matt? I, I don't. How, tell me more. Good man. <laughs> well, I mean, so we, we, we did a bit of a, a dating segment on the show a while ago. It would have been about a year and a bit ago. And... Uh, my now girlfriend uh, found us through that dating segment, and uh, during lockdown uh, with COVID, we sort of we started like FaceTiming each other, and she's flown over from Perth, and uh, we're now living together. It's pretty serious. <laughs> oh, that, that that should become a movie. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> the show you, just paid for itself. <laughs> if he, if we fire him tomorrow, he's still a happy man. <laughs> the, uh, you, you you've been with your fiance ten years, is it? Uh, yeah, ten years to start of, start of next year. So yeah, just not not quite sure if I want to marry her yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, now that you got options, no, that's rude. Uh, you're so you've got a solid foundation. I feel like that would have to be the case going into something like Big Brother. Says, imagine you go into Big Brother now. How? Oh yeah, that would be a head fuck for your girlfriend. For you, what was your fiance's um, thinking? What was she worried about with? Uh, Big Maddie going into the house. Oh, Jess, Jess was really, really uh, positive about it. Um, truth be told, I actually applied for Survivor um, and the same company produces Big Brother and they come back and said, would you look at doing Big Brother? And I said, oh, look, I'm 30 years old, I'm engaged. Like what Big Brother had become, like, yeah. you know, a heap of 20-something hotties. I said, that's not me. Like, And they said, no, nah, we promise you 
very show like it's going to be more like Survivor, which it which it was, and that's when I was like, yeah, you know, I'm keen. And then just said, basically, you're doing it. Like you're doing this thing. You can win this thing. So she was really, really positive. I think uh, her main worries the were that I I don't show too much of my cranky side, which. <laughs> I managed managed to do it for most part, but towards the end, yeah, got a little bit testy. <laughs> yeah, so you, I mean, that's what I've been thinking about. Like, uh, knowing I'm chatting to you, I'm picking my nose, and then thinking, "Fuck, there's no cameras on me, and mm. I'm enjoying this." But if there was cameras on me, would I, what, would I continue? What was the what was the consideration um, in your mind versus uh, what you thought it was going to be, and then what actually the experience was? Uh, I was so unsure what to what to expect just because they said it's going to be this new format. It's not going to be like the old Big Brother, but uh, it probably went along the lines of, of how I thought it was going to go with alliances forming and, and that sort of stuff. And it was sort of pretty a lot more cutthroat than I thought it was going to be. Um, it was, I said a line in my intro video that I regret, but was kill or be killed. But you know what? It was pretty good advice in the end because it was – it was pretty full on, but I don't know if I was really prepared for just the enormity of, of just how lifted all my all my emotions and everything were going to be. By about you know a day three or four, it was like shit. This is this is full on. But mm. as far as the cameras and that, well, you'd forget about them and be sitting there scratching your nuts. And next minute, a hand would come out through the wall and clean the lens, and it's like oh shit, that's right. Or you'd hear a cameraman cough or something. It's like oh. Fuck. Fuck, they're there still. <laughs> yeah, fuck, that would do my head in because uh, I like scratching my nuts. <laughs> you know, I'm that. The, the worst one was um, the worst bit was when I went for a piss the first time and you open the toilet door and you hear the camera go and focus oh. up and it's like, oh my god, there's a camera above me. <laughs> so that was full on, but yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, um, Sevs, could you imagine that? I mean, you're a private guy. Yeah, and I feel like. In this office, building this podcast, Matt, there's been a few moments where I've felt like I'm in high school again, you know, just like, not gossip, but just like, oh, this is happening and that's happening. That I mean, that is just Big Brother on steroids. At that, Big oh, Brother oh, is man. that on steroids, right? <laughs> I mean, what yeah, you said you're an, you had a bit of an uh, angry side, not angry side. I mean, I, I get a bit angry, um, but I reckon I could hide it. Mm. And so were you worried about it coming out? Were you worried about punching someone in the head? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not that sort of anger. Don't worry. I just I tend to get a bit short with uh, with stupid people. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was bit, you know high school was tame compared to Big Brother. There was just and you know what, I played a part in it as well because it was that's what the game was. But you'd walk into a room and it was so funny. You'd walk in, there'd be three people and they'd be like, "Stop talking, so, hey guys! You're talking about me." They're like, "No, no, no, all good, all good." So it was just. And every time you'd you'd see people in groups, you'd, your mind would start ticking like, are they talking about me? What are they talking about? I want to know. So it was yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, I, was, I was just thinking we could do a fun little thing. Uh, Mr. 97's just walked into a Big Brother audition. Mm. Matt, you're the casting director. Um, can you ask Mr. 97 some of the questions that you got asked in your audition uh, to see if it, we, if Mr. 97 is on the next Big Brother. Good fit, yeah. <laughs> see how this goes. <laughs> uh, I guess the, the first thing, uh, why should we pick you over everyone else? Oh, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> they, oh, go, just... they go hard straight off the bat. Wow, all right. Um, I, re- I reckon... John. <laughs> <laughs> great TV because it's real awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, and so that was it. Was that off the bat for you? Did, is that what they asked you? Yeah, pretty early on. Just like, uh, well, here's what what will you bring to the house? Yeah, 
And um, mm. and what did you say? Well, run me through a couple of the answers that you gave them, because uh, I'm oh, you know I'm, I'm planning on going in next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, do it, mate. Do it. Um, I don't know. I just I think I was just trying to be myself. You know, I think they were obviously looking for the the token <laughs> country bumper that turned out to be me. But no, I just sort of I was I was honest. You know, yeah, I get a little bit grumpy at times. I'm gonna I've got a little bit of ADHD, so I'll be up and about. Um, but yeah, what you see is what you get. I'm not going to go in there and try and be someone I'm not. I'm too dumb to carry that out for you know seven weeks. So uh, yeah, I was just going to be myself. And obviously they they liked what they saw, and I ticked a couple of boxes as far as like I said, the country guy, and a, you know a bit laid back. So I think that's sort of why I why I got the gig in a sense. Um, I know you didn't get a rejection, but how are you with rejections losing? Oh, not great. I hate losing. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm super competitive, mate. And, uh, yeah, a couple of the challenges early on, I was just no, no good. I said that went to air and my mates had just been caning me about it. I was just like, I, I lost and I left the challenge real early. I was like, I just hate being no good at shit. And um, that's, yeah, that's me to a T. So <laughs> rejection, not great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. See, my problem is that I... I probably act as if how I think they would want me to be. And so what, how did you know, like for you going, I'm just being me, how do you know what, it's a weird one, but like what does that look like in an environment where you're asked to tell us about yourself? How do you just be you? Uh, I think it was, I had the, you know, before I did um, the auditions, like what sort of person are they going to, going to be looking for? Why have I got to this stage of the audition? But then uh, Jess was re- really, really uh, helpful, like my fiance, because she's worked in that in that space before. Um, she's worked on a few uh, movies and and commercial sort of um, productions, and not that she's been directly involved in casting people, but has sort of been around that process. And just said, if if you come if you're over the top and and like I said, you're trying to be someone that you're not, they're going to see straight through it. So mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm not even going. I'm going to remove those thoughts from my brain. Just talk to them, you know, as if. I'm talking to one of my mates and if, if it's good enough, sweet. If it's not, okay, I'll be a little bit disappointed, but it's not the end of the world. So, yeah, that's sort of the, the way I approached it. Jess was really, really helpful there. Um, social media, I know I said you, you've grown your following. What did you go in? How many followers did you have previous to going in and then coming out? Uh, look, I'm not sure, but 1,435. <laughs> 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 no, yeah. I know that because one of my mates has been uh, he's been updating me every time it goes up a 1,000. He <laughs> He's got the screenshot of before I went in and then every thousand he gives me an update, the idiot. <laughs> I love that. Um, Tully Smythe was telling us that when she went in, they she had to hand over her login. Is that what you had to do this time? Yeah, yeah. So all, all social media passwords, um, they had to go through and check everything. Um, so you yeah, had to get rid of all the dick pics and stuff in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, that was a bit – I mean, I've got nothing to hide, but it was a bit unnerving just sort of going – here you go. Just yeah. check out my life. But um, yeah, they've gave it back. And between you, me, and the gatepost, I've I changed them all, all my passwords straight afterwards. Anyway, so you so, would. So yeah, you would. it's a bit unnerving, but it's all all part of the process. We knew that, so it's all good. Um, what's what's been the? I know you've connected with Tully Smythe uh, through Instagram, and um, anyone else you've connected with post show, post coming out of the house, sorry. Uh, yeah, a couple of the old contestants uh, have been in touch, as well as me. Um, yeah, just sort of, you know, going, I'm, I'm big brother now. I'm part of the fraternity, which is the case with Tully, I'll be honest. Um, yeah. 
But uh, no, they've all been really supportive and I've found that uh, they're more so than anyone else in, in media sort of circles and podcasting circles, they're really supportive of, of us as housemates, you know, regardless of, of what how we've been portrayed and how we've come across. They sort of haven't seemed to have taken that into account. They've just taken us as, as who we are and been really um, supportive and, and just sort of seen through it a bit, I think, because they've all been there before. So it's it's really good to have a sounding board like that to, to sort of bounce stuff off. Um, Trev Butler, who won it way back in the day, he's a, he's a broken hill boy as well. He gives me uh, like a running commentary on every episode. So uh, that's been really fun as well. Have you been watching it every ep? Every ep? Oh, I have. To start with, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to watch this shit. I don't want to – I hate listening to my voice. I don't want to see what I look like. Uh, but then I was like, oh, I really want to know what everyone else was about me. So I uh, sort of got a bit hooked on it, I guess, which is a good thing. And it obviously means the show's doing the right thing. So, yeah, I'll sit down and watch it every night. It's like a, a roller coaster. And then, it, once again, all those emotions are heightened because it takes me back to how I was feeling um, during that time. And then when, when the episode ends, it's just like, Oh, right, I deep breath. So, yeah. but yeah, it's it's watch. Are your are your mates at work and uh, the people around you? What are, what are they saying? What are they thinking? Are they watching? Oh, they're they're so so passionate. Um, this it's been a big week for me. This uh, this last couple of weeks, uh, last couple of weeks have been big because I've been day shift at work. So I go through all the emotions at home watching it. You know, oh shit, that that sucked. And then I cop all the shit on social media, and then walk into work at six thirty a.m. and the boys are like. Oh, what about this? What about and that's all they want to talk about. So it's it's I can't escape it. Uh, no, nah, they're super supportive and um yeah, I could have killed someone in there and they still would have had my back, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's what a good mate does, right? So Yeah, uh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> um did you get paid to go in? What's the what's the financial deal? Yeah, so we got a, a per diem, um we got 150 bucks a day. Um but obviously that was just to sort of cover our bills and expenses uh, at home. So that was a case of uh, I gave all the all the credit card details, all the bill details to Jess, and she took care of that while I was away. But uh, yeah, one hundred and fifty dollars a day. But I was on long service leave from work as well, so I still had oh, some so money you, coming in there. So you you, you were uh, you've been making more money than anyone in the house. You make. Oh, I was just making. I was making bank, mate. I don't even need to win this thing. <laughs> you got long service leave. You got a per diem. You know, yeah, no expenses, no rent. Free rent, in. free food. <laughs> did, uh, did it feel at all like a holiday or did it feel like some kind of mental game? Uh, I felt like a holiday for about two and a half days. We are sitting out by the pool in, in the budgie smugglers working on the tan, which is rubbish. Um, and then all of a sudden the, the voice comes over. It's like, get ready for your first nomination challenge. And you can just see everyone just got frantic all of a sudden. It's like, oh, shit, that's right. We're here to play a game. As soon as that first challenge happened, it, it changed the whole vibe of the place. But for the first couple of days, it was it was nice. I was learning how to make bread, working on the tan, helping everyone cook, and then it just went to shit after that. <laughs> um, mental health are they are they putting a focus on uh, people's well being in there from a mental health capacity? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that end of mile production company were, were really good. Um, that was we had a, a psych screening before we before we went in, um, and then we had a, a doctor like just a GP and a, and a psych available 24-7 where if we went to the diary room and said to Big Brother, you know, I'm not doing real good here, um, we could mm. we could get the psych in and, and talk to them and it, it was the actual psych, not Big Brother's voice or something like that. So, And then since we've left, um, manager, the first person I saw out of the house was her, uh, sat down with her for, for a couple of hours and had a really good chat, like a debrief and then the psych as well. So 
they've they've been really good and there's a heavy focus on it, which I think is so, so important in this day and age of our social media. And what have you learned about your mental state after experiencing something like that? Because it, it's, it's like an experiment, right? Mm. Yeah, I, I think um, I learned I was pretty resilient, maybe a bit more resilient than I, than I thought I, I may have been, but also... Um, the annoying I, thing I about resilience—the okay. annoying thing about resilience—is that you need to go through something to work out if you're resilient or not. It's like that's how. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did, you, that's right. You don't know if you got it until you you sort of have to front up and <laughs> and you use it, I guess. But um, yeah, since I've come out of there, I think mine's are still a little bit all over the shop. Um, I'm bloody. I'm crying just about every every movie I watch now, which I never used to cry in Armageddon and Airbud. So um, that's that's changed. Um, but I think it sort of showed me that it's it's okay to to let these emotions go and, and you know and, and let it put it out there to the world because before I was probably a typical um, I guess country bloke minor sort of thing. You know, it's you know, keep it in and bottle it up. I'm okay. It's all good. And um, now it's you know it's okay if you, if you if you're feeling different ways to sort of express it. Mm. How do you think your mental state would be, Sevs? I reckon I, I, would, I would struggle. Mm. I reckon you're just not having having all the different personalities and just, you know, you might not have a couple that you won't gel with. And so mm. just being able to deal with that as well as, you know, the fact that everything's so public, I think would be a big struggle. Well, I mean, friends are such an important part um, of our existence or just someone like, you know, having your fiancé just there next to you or just able to talk to her through things did you did you realize that you lean on people more than you do think you do or what's the, what's One, the yeah 100 percent um it was there was a lot of times where it was just sort of like i just want to give jess a hug and you know make sure mm. it's going to be okay or i just want to you know go and kick the footy with my mates or just talk shit like go and have a beer or go and grab a coffee with him and that was the, what just sort of escalated everything is every time you'd feel like that, you'd look around and see the same four walls and go, oh, shit, this is it. I can't escape. Like it's, it's like a zoo. But um, I definitely realised what they, what they mean to me and how they help me um, yeah, get through those sort of struggles, I guess. Um, from what you, I'm sure you're, you're a couple of years younger than me, you, I'm sure you watched Big Brother back in the day and the format that it was. Um, you're, you're, you're the guy who's actually experienced the new format. What is what's your vibe on the new format versus the old format? Uh, for me, like I said, at, at this stage in my life, it was it was probably a lot better. Um, and I'm super competitive, so I love the the challenge side and forming alliances and and the strategy side of it because I'm um, a big fan of Survivor too. But I, when I was younger and um, a bit sillier, I really enjoyed the the old the old format. Uh, it's been interesting to watch the way that they've sort of pieced it together and I think they've gone for sort of bang for their buck as far as um, drama and 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 that sort of thing and, and giving people um, an outcome on every episode you know someone goes home every every night so that's what they're sort of really chasing whereas the old one I guess was really just a social experiment of you know let's chuck all these different personalities in and see what we get um, and uh, the one thing that I think people are sort of struggling to get their head around is it hangs. I think expecting our oh, big brother, it's going to be what it is, and are struggling to now comprehend. It's completely different. You know, we're we're copping a bit of a caning about some of the things we've said and done in there, and it's like, well, it's a different game. If it was the old big brother, I never would have had to do that shit. So, yeah. but it's it's interesting to watch it. I mean, I, I've just, or it's a. Uh, have you have you done this yourself? Typed into Google Matt Garrick Daily Mail. 
<laughs> you know what? This is so fucked, but I have. <laughs> Don't yeah. worry, dude. I would have oh, done the mate. same. I would have done the same. Don't get me started on that, mate. Some of these, like, I'm not here to bag me housemates, but some of them, I shit you not, have been emailing the Daily Mail, teeing up, like, paparazzi shoots. Oh, really? And, mate, it's, oh, mate, it's the most embarrassing thing of all time. And sort of uh, Dan and I, obviously one of the other housemates, we're going to catch up before the finale in Sydney and we're going to, we're talking about trying to tee one up and then just dressing like dickheads, like say, oh, we're going for dinner here and then come out just wearing ridiculous clothes and just sort of take the piss out of it a bit, but... We'll see how we go. (laughs) I love that. I mean, let me just read a couple of these. Big Brothers Matt Garrick takes on Nazir Sultan after being called out. What happened there? Uh, (laughs) Mate, he's, yeah, there was a bit of an article on uh, an Instagram thing uh, calling Dan and I bullies and and Nass, the great man Nass. I didn't watch Matt Nass, uh, but he jumped on and said, you know, why isn't the audience calling this out? That's right, because they're all white bogans like these two idiots. And so I just said, mate, you of all people should know how edited. reality tv is and then he come he fired a couple of shots back and said if i didn't like it don't you know don't apply for the show don't win so i googled nasa and the first thing that come up interestingly enough was uh nasa sultan makes video produces a big break on there so i think nasa just a bit jealous he didn't get a gig <laughs> <laughs> i mean isn't this just a what a, what an experience where you're coming out and then having little tiffs with other reality people like did you think that would be your life in 2020 mate <laughs> oh my god no mate like 2020 is going bad enough i don't need to be having instagram battles with someone i don't know but um it's it, that when i saw that i was a bit like oh shit i gotta be careful what i say and do on here now because people are just you know prying for it so i never thought it would end up in a well a, i was gonna say a news article a daily mail article yeah. um so that was a bit of an eye-opener i mean it's uh, have you have you said stuff that outside of that? Have you said stuff that you've had to check yourself on and be like, "Fuck, did I do I actually think that, or have I do I say that?" Uh, in the house, you mean, or yeah, even in the house, even after the house, because that's I guess where the, what that situation happened was post being yeah. in the house. Yeah, so there's um. Not really. I've I've been pretty mindful of what what I've put into the open space since I've since I've you know since the show's been to air. But as far as in the house, that was a game. And yeah, I said and did a lot of stuff I probably wouldn't do in the outside world. But mm. it's because it's not real life in there. It literally isn't. It's it's called reality TV. But there's there's no reality about that that setting really. But since I've been out, um, no, I've sort of kept my powder pain. It's when trolls and that come on, I just sort of, you know, take the piss out of them a bit and kill them with kindness. And most of them sort of backpedal pretty quick. So that's that's humorous. But the only things that I've sort of called people out on is um, stuff like that, like the bullying and people are um, saying we body shaming people. And that's it's just not true. And I'm not going to stand here and let my, my name and reputation get run through the mud. So that's the only time that I've sort of got my back up a bit. How how has your um consumption changed? Have you uh did you have to catch up on anything after the show? Oh mate, everything. Um, I'm I'm a sports nut, so come out and uh, yeah, all all the sports have been cancelled, the NBA's been cancelled. Um, but I had to catch up on all those results. Uh, my local cricket team won the premiership, so I missed that. Yeah. Um, there was, I think for about the first three weeks, I didn't really understand the enormity of COVID because I wasn't really watching the news. And I come back into two weeks of um, quarantine and my first day out, I was like to Jess, I'm going to the shops. I can't wait to go. 
went to Coles and saw a couple of mates. I was like, hey, how you going? And they sort of just put their head down and kept walking. And I, you know, I got home. I was like, oh, I saw Ado at the shop. He never said hello. And she's like, no, you don't stop and talk at the shop. And I was like, why not? Like, so I just didn't understand Normally, that was pretty funny. Had um, had Kobe Bryant passed away before you'd gone in? Uh, yeah, Kobe passed away just before we went in. Um, so I missed his memorial. That was one of the first things that I that I watched when I came out. And um, yeah, the, the speeches said there were, were pretty pretty touching. He, he'd uh, he'd gone just before we went in. Have Have you got your phone on you? I just want to um, get you to look at your screen time. Tell me what your <laughs> what your uh, top apps are. What your top app like? This is something we do quite a bit. Just look at screen time. But I could imagine coming out. I'd be fucking glued to my phone. Definitely just waiting for all those follows. Oh, but, um, uh, counting them. I look on the fridge every time. Uh, every time <laughs> I get another another number. Uh, my average Instagram time per day. Two and a half hours. That's not good. Oh, mate. <laughs> that's low as shit. No, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe we're just ego man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I'm coming in at five hours for Instagram, oh, and I don't I don't even have a following. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, the um, you know people feel like uh, anxious or worried when their phone isn't within arm's reach? What was that vibe like going to the house? You obviously can't have your your phone. Oh, it was actually really refreshing. I was a bit like, um, you know, not sure how I was going to go. And um, and to be honest, I, I was probably spending more time on my phone before it. Um, and it, it felt really, really weird to when I came out and actually got my phone back. It, it, this sounds stupid, but it felt it felt strange to have it in my hand. And it's like, oh, I forgot what that what that felt like. And then yeah. turned it on, and it, I had oh, well over a thousand text messages and all these missed calls and because um, I, I didn't tell anyone where I was going. I told uh, my best mate and obviously Jess. Um, I didn't even tell mum and dad. So people were ringing mum and dad like, where's where's Matt? I can't get onto him. So, But it was it was really refreshing to not have it. The thing I missed most, like I said before, was my main thing on my phone is checking sports scores, watching watching sport, uh, sports, but having a punt. So that that's what I missed. <laughs> Um, I've heard a rumor that you're uh, one of the worst punters out there, <laughs> mate. Oh, absolutely. If I if I bet that the sun will come up tomorrow, it'll be an apocalypse, mate. And it won't come up. <laughs> I'm rubbish. <laughs> Seriously, I could, I could stop a train, mate. <laughs> I've also heard that you're the uh, only guy in Broken Hill to wear Birkenstocks. Is this true? <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, mate. I love me Burks. I've got them on at the moment. I wear the uh, the enclosed ones too, and people just think they're flash Crocs, but they're more than that. <laughs> Can't you just enclose the open ones with a nice pair of hard yakka socks or something? Yeah, well, I see a few people run their the, the socks and, and Burkies, and I'm, I'm not at that level yet. The Burke and socks, but uh, I'm just running the enclosed ones, the flash leather Crocs that are on. Now I'm real conscious about them. You can't even see them. <laughs> um, Sebs, is there anything that you'd want to know from someone who has you know, experienced something that not many people not many people get to go on a reality show? I don't know what's weirder, coronavirus reality or being in a reality show. What's more unusual? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty weird. I mean, I guess I guess the whole thing of, of going in and – the, the isolation from, I think, the social relationships. Mm. How how did you feel that 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 changed your friendships uh, with not only your mates but also colleagues at work and also your partner? Um, coming out, 
I, all I wanted to do was obviously Jess picked me up from the airport and just we had about a five-minute cuddle um, and I, I lost about six or seven kilos. So then she <laughs> just spent the next 20 minutes going, oh, you've lost so much weight. But um, So we were, we were tired as um, – anyway, but coming out with her was a bit weird for probably the, the first week. We weren't really sure – how to feel about it or how we obviously we know how we feel about each other but it was just this strange vibe and then it was it was tough coming into two weeks of quarantine isolation because all I wanted to do was catch up with my mates and I had this this um, image in my head that when I got home whether I lasted a week five weeks whatever I was having all my mates around home all my family I'm going to put a big piss up on and we're all going to have a good time and then I can't see them so we're doing like FaceTime beers and I just this isn't cutting the mustard I need to see you guys so it really I think um, solidified my, my friendships with my with my friends and my family. Um, I've got a little two year old nephew, and not being able to see him for so long. Um, when I finally could see him and, and just giving the biggest cuddle, that was that was awesome. And I think out of it, uh, Jess and I are probably stronger because now we're dealing with everything that that comes with it together as a, as a team. So it's it's been good. Fuck! If there's any, ever anyone who could feel like they're in a simulation, I feel like it's you coming out of. A reality show into a reality show, basically. It's yeah, back to back lockdowns, <laughs> mate. Seriously, dude, I appreciate you. I know you've been supporting the Daily Talk Show mm. from afar. We're fucking rooting for you to take home the win, mate. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. Yes, thank you. Mm, I heard no, just quickly. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, just before we finish up, I heard you've got a bit of a story about how you um found the show. I do, mate. Yeah, so uh, we were we were travelling through the states, Jess and I, for about a month uh, in October last year, and we did part of that was a bit of about a week and a half long uh, road trip, and obviously there's a lot of lot of time to fill there. So uh, I can't even really actually I do know how I found you guys. We we're sitting in uh, a Bluestone Lane coffee shop in Brooklyn, and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is an Aussie guys um, franchise, and then googled it, and yeah, Nick Stone come up, and there was a link to um, your talk show. And I listened to that, listened to Grant um, Smiley, and uh, there was one with Tully, and I was like, this is really cool. And, yeah, it's, uh, since then I've sort of been listening because uh, Jess and I have sort of – we love the States. We've been there four times and um, have said we'd love to, you know, have a crack at trying to live over there. Obviously not in our show, yeah. but um, listening to those guys and listening to your, to your uh, podcast was really inspiring and I've sort of been hooked ever since. So keep the good stuff coming. Right. Thank you. That would have been – so October because we were there mm. from October 1 yeah. through to like the 14th or 15th or something. November, yeah. Oh, was that November? November, yeah. November or after. Because I had my birthday there, yeah. November, yeah. Fuck, oh, mate. Um, well, thank you, bro. Yeah, well, it's um, appreciated <laughs> no, thank chatting. Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully, uh, we can actually one day have a beer when when that kind of shit is real or that never is happening again. Oh. So it'll be a virtual beer. It feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? <laughs> Mate, you got any um, you got any words to Josh? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He's battling at home. Look, Josh, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed you're not here, mate. But, no, seriously, uh, rest up. God, I hope you don't have COVID now. I've said that. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, get better and, uh, uh, yeah, who knows? We, we might get to chat in the future. Awesome, bro. Have a good one. I'll speak to you soon, dude. Thank you. Thanks for having me.